Getsy on Goosebumps, the show in which I review every single Goosebumps book from R.L. Stein's original series. And today we are reviewing Goosebumps number 23, Return of the Mummy, which of course is a direct sequel to Goosebumps number 5, Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. I really cannot overstate how much better the cover art for the sequel is. As you can see for the original, it's just a mummy. It, what you see is what you get. This one is so much more exciting and mysterious, you know, you're not actually seeing the mummy, but you definitely get the sense that there's that there's something scary waiting for you. I think this may be one of Tim Jacobus's very, very classic works in all of his classic cover arts. Tagline there reads, he's back from the dead. And the blurb reads as follows, dead or alive, they've already mentioned on the front there, he's back from the dead. Pointless. After last year's scary adventure, Gabe's a little nervous about being back in Egypt. Back near the ancient pyramids. Back where he saw all those creepy mummies. Then he learns about an Egyptian superstition. A secret chant that is supposed to bring mummies to life. Gabe's uncle says, it's just a hoax. But now it sounds like something's moving inside the mummy's tomb. No way a couple of dumb words can wake the dead. Can they? So just to recap the events of the original, Gabe goes to visit his uncle, who's a very famous archaeologist. He's just discovered a, a new burial chamber in one of the big pyramids. They're all big, I suppose. One of the is in a, in a pyramid. And there's this talk that because he's, you know, he's, he's opened this burial chamber, he's awakened a curse. And it looks like there might be a curse affecting the people who opened it. But then it turns out it's just this fanatical um, colleague of Uncle Ben's who's trying to pretend there's a curse to scare everyone away from, from the tomb. It's his job to protect it. And he's actually about to uh, mummify the whole family when Gabe uses this little summoner, which is a little mummy hand he got at a garage sale, to bring the mummies in the tomb to life and escape. Those events are barely acknowledged in the sequel. It's a real big earth-shattering thing to bring mummies to life using a mummy hand you got at a garage sale. Seldom mentioned, as it says in the blurb there, Gabe's uncle thinks <laughs> the, the words are just a hoax. Well, you've experienced stranger things, mate. Don't dismiss it so quickly. It just sort of follows a, a very basic story. Uncle Ben has found a secret tomb for one of the Egyptian cousins of the ancient King Tut, and it's going to be a really big discovery. But one of his colleagues, Dr. Fielding, is very concerned that he's going to awaken a curse if he opens it. Sound familiar? But he does open it with the help of a... Uh, a, a female journalist called Nyla. It's a magnificent tomb film with vast, vast riches. And Gabe even comes face to face with the mummy itself. I think in the previous book the focus was a lot of insignificant mummies. This is one very important mummy, if you will. In an attempt to scare his super competitive cousin Sari, Gabe chants the ancient words that are supposedly meant to bring that, that mummy to life. And suddenly 
it all hits the fan. Sort of think they see Dr. Fielding pushing Uncle Ben into the pyramid and then he emerges just by himself. What's going on? They go to investigate and they find Uncle Ben has been knocked unconscious and placed in the mummy's sarcophagus. But then where's the mummy? The mummy is alive and in the tomb with them. They're about to get away when they run into Nyla, the beautiful female journalist. What's she doing there? Well, it turns out she is actually the mummy's sister. They ruled Egypt together 4,000 years ago and she brought the mummy back to life and controls it using the summoner that she stole from Gabe. She is alive because every night she turns into a scarab and crawls into her necklace, which is like a bit of amber, which previously mentioned she has. So she's about to use the summoner that she stole from Gabe to, uh, I guess, kill the kids when the mummy turns on her instead. The mummy just wants to be left in peace. In the struggle, the necklace that has the amber in it smashes. She's going to be a scarab beetle now forever. And the mummy just goes back to sleep. Turns out Dr. Fielding wasn't actually the bad dude here. He was actually uh, trying to help Uncle Ben. All's well that ends well, except at the very end it's implied that Gabe is bitten by the scarab beetle. So once again we have a mummy themed goosebump book that doesn't really make the most of the mummies. I think if you had a story set in a pyramid with a mummy or mummies on the loose that'd be like the most exciting situation. But again the mummy actually only appears at the very end. I do, however, really like the idea of Nyla, the journalist, being an ancient Egyptian herself and actually staying alive um, by becoming a scarab and, and, and going inside her necklace. Because, you know, um, it, there's this idea that amber can, can preserve life after all these years, and that's sort of a really, really clever way that she could remain immortal. I definitely approve. The summoner that Gabe has becomes incredibly important once again, but once again it's never acknowledged what the hell it actually is. All it says is, it's his lucky charm and he got it at a garage sale. Like, garage sale from where? This is like the most important artifact in Egyptian history, it can control mummies. Where did you get it from? But I really liked the way they played with your expectation in the previous book. It was the uh, Uncle Ben's suspicious colleague who turns out to be orchestrating things. It's not that way in this case, it's actually the, the very uh, charming character that turns out to be um, a 4,000 year old Egyptian princess. Overall, I think this sequel is, is actually a lot better than the original. As I said, it sort of skips this whole, oh, I'm stuck in a pyramid, uh, I do that every single chapter. And it does play with your expectations, which I think is kind of clever. Once again, I think they actually miss the opportunity to make the most of the mummy staple. So better than the original, but not an all-time classic, despite what the outstanding cover art would suggest. That's all for this week. Please join me next time in which I discuss Goosebumps number 23, Phantom of the Auditorium. As always, thank you so much for watching, and please, stay spooky.